Hello, everyone. Join Javier, Belinda, and Suhana on Create, where we speak to content creators and talk about all things content creation. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and ring the notification bell. Wait, wait, wait! We're on Spotify. Oh, okay. Hello, everyone. Make sure to like, share, and follow our podcast. You're listening to Radio Pulse, the sound of NUS. Welcome to Create. I'm Suhana. I'm Belinda. And I'm Javier. And we're joined today with. Alex. Okay. Sorry, I was going to get anticlimactic. And we're joined today. Yay! We're joined today by. So at least I saw it. It's background music. Then it works. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Uh, at least it's our Instagrammer, so if we are going to ask her more about Instagram. So unlike our previous uh, two content creators who came on board who are YouTubers, yeah, for the first time we have someone who breaks like 2K Instagram followers. Woo! So we can find out more about Instagram as a platform and uh, what does Instagrammers do to promote their channel. So for the first question I have, uh, can you give a brief description of your Instagram and the content that you post and like what niche do you focus on? Okay, so actually my Instagram is quite, uh, I would say I lean towards like uh, lifestyle and maybe a little bit of fashion. So mm-hmm. like um, I usually uh, post about like um, things I wear, you know, how I started off yeah. with all those like hashtag OOTD uh, images and then afterwards slowly as like um, certain brands reach out to me, I also help to post um, relatable stuff that uh, I would like, I would say I would like to use as well, reviews of products, um, usually makeup products, the occasional like skincare, beauty and sometimes even food. Yep. Yeah, you sure you're not beauty creator now because you're so beautiful. Looking. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I mean, like, you want to say beauty, I guess that works too. <laughs> so, currently, uh, are you doing, you are doing this as a side hustle, right? It's actually not really a hustle. I kind of just do it on the side for fun, like, um, interest, um, and, you know, whenever I have the time to, because I like to take pictures, right? So, if yeah. I if I do take them, then um, I'll post them, yeah. That's nice. So, so can you tell us about like how you got started with it? Was it just, you know, just as like an entertainment thing that slowly, slowly started to become like a job? Actually, I wouldn't say that it became a job, but it was really like for fun, like for entertainment. Um, so like I mentioned earlier, um, I started out with the whole following of hashtag stuff that's how i think Uh maybe most of us started right that was like so many years back when you're just exploring the app and then afterwards i'm like hey actually i can try um dressing up and then you know making my content a bit more themed so i remember Mm. like in back in my poly days i went for a more like gothic kind of look so um yeah my outfits were a bit more edgy and a little darker and then slowly after that you know i move on to be to like something with like more hints of colors like pop of pops of colors yeah, and um your style yeah 
and I think it changes over time. So that's that's the beauty of it. You can keep like uh creating new styles, new themes for uh your your Instagram posts. Um, yeah. You were referring I... to starting your poly day. So like, which year was it? Was it when you wow. just started when like poly just start, like when you like Instagram like just launched? Really, yeah. Poly, poly, 2013? 2013. Yeah, that's when like my Instagram got a bit more um really like like ago. changed. Yeah, when it changed a little more. I think that's also yeah. the year where Instagram really got caught like got more popular, right? Yes. Yeah. So Yeah, but actually if you've been doing it since 2013, that's like quite a long time. Like have, have you seen some sort of like change in your content? Have you seen yourself grow? I actually feel like I have seen myself grow. I mean, like, pictures are, well, I guess, like, photo albums, right? You see you see yourself as you, um, well, age over time. Mm-hmm. And for myself, I also see my styles changing, my preferences, and also, like, um, I guess even the things I like to do. So, mm-hmm. in the past, it was just really, like, uh, shopping. I, I remember, like, taking taking pictures of just, like, even the makeup products I buy from Sephora and posting mm-hmm. them up. Yeah. And then, like, over time, I right now, I even have a separate account. It's more for, like, uh, for me to keep track of, like, my own fitness workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say, like, uh, that's, like, like, for me to, you know, look back and watch how um, my uh, workout progress progresses over time and improve terms of my form and stuff like that so i feel like instagram allows me to like kind of like post a lot of different types of content rather than just Mm -hmm. sticking to one particular one yeah yeah i saw the post about the lifting and i think that's so cool like how how did you get involved in that where did that start from wow okay so actually i tried cheerleading for a period of time so that that was when my um kind of like inspiration and motivation for workout came along and then i got to know like friends who um introduced me into the world of powerlifting at the same time and that's how i slowly transited from like one spot to another spot and i guess like uh moving into lifting itself um i really started enjoying it because i realized it allows me to really work on my strength at my own mm-hmm. time and on target and that really helped me and gave me that opportunity to grow in terms of not just my fitness but also my health and my confidence at the same time Our content is still based on beauty on a bit so does bodybuilding help with that area well i guess even to put it simply you do look fitter after working out right <laughs> so i guess yeah. that shows in the photos as well <laughs> That's cool. That's actually really nice. So what is like what is your posting schedule like? Like how do you view Instagram? Do you have it timed out? Like, okay, I need to post a few times a week, I need to go to XYZ places, or are you still kind of taking it as it comes? Honestly, I'm really just taking it as it comes. But I do know of people who actually um those who are taking it as like a part-time job or hustle, right? Oh. Yeah, they do post like at least once to twice a week. Oh, okay. So yeah, so there are some people who are you know, maybe focusing on this as a job. As for those sponsored products, do you take them as they come or are you selective with them considering that you don't take this as a part-time job? Alright, so um, I usually do take them as it comes because for me, usually I would say that you need to reach at least like a minimum of 10k followers and above to have like really a whole selective list of sponsors coming in but even for myself when I do have like a few handful of brands that reach out to me um, I would still be selective because like um, there are some things that I just prefer um, not to showcase because they don't like reflect my own image yeah 
Yeah, I just had like a couple questions about what it is like. I know you said you kind of view it like a side hustle, but like how does that view, like how does that change the way you view Instagram and how you use it? Because for me, like when I open the app, it's all very fun and entertainment, speaking to my friends. But I have heard from some people that, you know, when you post pictures or when you make it kind of um, something that you have to like think through more, that what you can't use Instagram as a hobby anymore. Like, did you see that sort of change? And did it ever make you want to take a break off of it, like a social media detox, just to kind of separate yourself? I would not, I wouldn't say it was, um, it pushed me to the point where I wanted to take a social media uh, detox. Mm-hmm. But there was a period of time where I did realize that most of my posts were a series of advertisements. Mm-hmm. And that was when I realized like um, my likes were also dropping. And okay. yeah, and I, I realized that actually it was reflecting what I felt when I look at other people's advertisements as well. So I, I feel that you actually need to have a balance of both because at the mm-hmm. end of the day, when you have your own Instagram profile, you are actually um, kind of like showing your own personal brand at the same time. And if you are just yeah. always constantly posting ads, then people will be like, um, that's not the real you. You are, you are, uh, I, I don't want to see this. I wanted to see like what kind of personal creative like content you, you can come up with yes as who you are mm-hmm. so I realized that I needed to have a balance of both and then that's when I when I had like a series of promotions at the same time right I had to space myself out post like my own individual stuff and then after that finally an ad and then yeah the cycle mm-hmm. goes on okay could you tell the listeners a little bit about like who you are like apart from Instagram what do you keep yourself busy with what your days are like what my days are like <laughs> I guess like um being a fresh graduate with like uh, a new job right now um I have been pretty busy but um it has been exciting for me uh with my new my new job at work um on top of that you know I still go to the gym <laughs> for me yeah. it's uh it's quite important and this is one way of like helping me to keep myself grounded and disciplined um and I also do have my hobbies on the side so um I do like to rollerblade. I'm actually learning that right now. That's so fun. Yeah. And on top of that, um, Javier has experienced it. So <laughs> I am playing games as well. I have been playing Mobile Legends. I love Mobile Legends. <laughs> and, uh, and then right now I'm trying actually League of Legends. So mm. yeah, LOL. And also hoping to, you know, explore the Twitch platform and, you know, do a bit of live streaming. Yes. So from what, I mean, I have watched at least uh, two live streams before. <laughs> So she has like streamed for a total of two times, which is the same as Belinda. So like to make friends, you know. This is what we all like to stream on Twitch. Yeah, so like talking about your real life stream, are you afraid that like uh you might get recognized on the streets someday when you are or like uh get harassed when people are not willing to be in your stream? When people are not willing to be in my stream, are you saying that? Like for example, yeah. passerbys walking by and then they notice that you are streaming and then they are like, why are you filming me and stuff like that? I guess um, I haven't reached a point where I'm actually worried about it because I feel that uh, if the people you're mentioning are just passerbys, they will know how to kind of like avoid the video if they see it going on, like they know how to see them. So, um, because that, I feel that that's what I would do if I notice someone filming and I don't want to be in it. So I don't feel that worried yet. Does it get scary having like knowing that your content is going to go to all these people and that you are a public account? Well, I don't, I don't think it's scary. Um, depending on how you planned it, like, yeah, 
I would say unless you know you go in unplanned and then mm. you start saying things that um, might be insensitive to certain people and stuff like that, then that's when things get scary. Yeah. So we have to no matter what be careful whenever we are speaking and going on live uh, online. Yeah. Because mm. you don't know where all those content will be going to afterwards. <laughs> yeah. What kind of uh, how was it like when you did your first live stream? Like how did you feel? Nervous, super nervous. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I really just did it for fun, you know. Like I wanted to, uh, like try um speaking to people, and then, uh, oh yeah, I, I don't know whether JV was my first live stream, but I was practically just eating the the you know the Samyang spicy ramen noodles, <laughs> and, I, and like I only had like I think like five or six viewers. Oh yeah, JV, I think you went you went in after a while, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I got uh, just a few of my friends to come in and support then surprisingly I think I have like one or two random uh, like uh, people who actually came in to like view my stream so I just like tried to talk all the way so I would say that it was actually a bit it made me feel a bit nervous and awkward at the same time and but then I was telling myself hey this is like my room for me to practice this is my chance so I'm just gonna try speaking have you considered like doing uh, game streaming also? Yes, definitely. Uh, I I was actually really thinking of live streaming um our league games because I I think the banter in the league games are really very interesting. No, no, <laughs> I think you need to fix your internet first. <laughs> if you upload speed, I don't think you can get anything up. <laughs> well, that's the reason for my new gaming setup. <laughs> gaming setup so, does not equivalent to fast internet. Your internet still the internet is still quite my internet is pretty good right now. <laughs> okay, hopefully, I'm looking forward to more of your. Uh, game streams but uh, do you intend to bring your game streams to the next level and maybe possibly monetize it in future uh, if it reaches that level then yes I would uh, look forward to it because I mean that's kind of like what I believe the Twitch platform is for anyway right it's like one for you to really share your content create stuff and like uh, get together with a community a like-minded community and then um, two uh let it be a side hustle when the opportunity arrives, you know. But one issue that uh, arises when trying to build a Twitch channel is having to stream daily. Uh, would, would you be looking like to do it while juggling your full-time job currently? Or would you just uh, stream only maybe like two to three days a week and take it as it comes? So um, I think I actually had this conversation with my friends before and I feel that right for my case right now, yeah, like once a week, that's what I'm looking at. Or once a week? Mm, I mean like, because anyway, my community is still kind of small. Like I barely just started. So unless it really grows, that's when I think my decisions might change again. Does Belinda have any advice as a wannabe streamer? Huh? Me? I'm, I, I streamed twice. A total of twice. <laughs> uh, but I guess I would say uh, from my limited, very, 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 very limited experience. I'm sure you already know this, but like, Try to interact with your comments. Because personally, right, I find it very difficult to juggle. Eh. Like, while I'm playing, because I must like focus on the game. Then, at the same time, I still must read the comments. And then I still must like talk to the viewers. So my my brain is like, I cannot take it. So I'm like, yeah. And then my friends are like there helping entertain the other commenters instead. Then I'm like, I'm so sorry. I just cannot do this. <laughs> yeah. 
I totally understand because like even though for my own personal account I haven't been streaming as much like I only did one more than you so I did three streams in total <laughs> but then like I have actually streamed with my friend before so mm. sometimes I kind of like uh kind of initiate the type of content I want to help him to create also so for example we did one where we uh, I got two of my friends to dye my hair for me each of them dyeing half a side of my head oh my god that is yeah. so fun so I think like experiences like that give me the chance to actually help to entertain the comments because like I'm mm. the one sitting down right so I'm the one holding on to, to, the, to the spare phone and then looking at his comments and then like reading out to him while he does the work <laughs> yeah oh, so okay. mm. and from there I actually got to know a few of his followers who after that came to support my channel so yeah that's that's how you create a community and i think that's the beauty of twitch Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. do you think you have like that sort of an instagram community like have you found other content creators on the app or someone who maybe creates the same type of post that you do I think for Instagram, uh, I have met a few influencers and that's how I kind of learned from them a, a bit about how I post some of my stuff sometimes as well. Yeah, so I have met people who gave me comments about like, uh, maybe your makeup should be like this or how you should pose. Yeah, mm. so um, I guess the influencer community, I got a bit of exposure there. On that topic, right, can I ask, how did you like decide to choose Instagram as a platform? Because it's not like a conventional platform that people would choose for like building a following on so like how do you like decide that oh I'm gonna do Instagram actually I didn't really decide you know it's just like I have been using the app for quite some time Mm. and then the opportunity comes when like you since like you already have like a good number of followers there from all your friends when yeah as you exchange Instagram so I'm like okay why not just start posting there yeah I find that Facebook was, because back then it was like either Facebook or Instagram, right? So I found that Facebook was like kind of messy, so I didn't really use it. At most I share my Instagram stuff onto Facebook instead. Yeah, so that's how I just kind of stuck to it since like that's also one of the easiest applications to use, I would say. Yeah, there are definitely a lot more things right now, you know, like we mentioned Twitch is one of the platforms that's great for live streaming. Then there's also like TikTok. Yeah, yes. where you can create lots of like really fun uh, videos. There are all sorts of genres in there. Um, but then again, that takes a bit more effort than you know a photo post. So mm. that's the difference. Yeah, I do agree. A photo post is definitely one of the easier ways to start because all you need to do is uh craft. Okay, definitely there's a lot of skill involved in it, but the barrier to entry is definitely way lesser. I mean, if you compare to making a video where maybe you need audio equipment, video equipment, and so much more equipment, I mean, while well, a phone will surface. Yeah, and having to edit it. And yeah. Kind of you haven't thought of post production yet. YouTube, TikTok is a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at look at Twitch itself also. Like, in order for me to even start, like, get myself to start on live streaming, right? I had to change up my uh, like basically my setup because previously all I had was a laptop and my laptop was like a few years old and even the webcam wasn't working properly so after that I got my com I got my pc then I realized oh shucks I don't have a mic there's no there's no sound input (laughs) and then I realized I have to go and get one which is why like I have my razor headphones on now (laughs) yes definitely when I I mean when when you first started using your com we had to like guide you to how to set up JV was there helping me. It's like, okay, you need to do this, do that. <laughs> Not the, the I was on a live thing. call with her, trying to figure out how to set up her device. <laughs> yeah. 
That's because so it was 12 midnight and I didn't want to go to the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh talking about real life stream, definitely. I also do I mean talking about streaming, I also do have experience with streaming. So one issue that I found out was definitely getting the news out to your followers that you are streaming and how to get views. So one of the stuff that I thought of and which I also found it to be very effective is uh making videos. So for example, you can make videos of yourself, building a community on YouTube and bringing them over to Twitch. Because ultimately with Twitch being saturated nowadays, the opportunities for organic growth in Twitch is uh, pretty limited, I would say. So, and in real life stream, to be honest, it's not a really new concept. It's, it has been around for very long. So, uh, that's one way that you can also explore if you want to grow. After the break, we'll definitely uh, we'll be touching on maybe uh, YouTube and maybe other platforms. And definitely another thing that we'll be touching on is the use of content creation in today's society. So, do stay tuned after, and after the break, we'll be back. Hello, welcome back to Create. So once again, our guest for today is Alice. Yeah. So continuing from the conversation just now, uh, what do you think of YouTube and why do you choose to stream on Twitch over YouTube? So um, YouTube itself is, I think, a really great platform for lots of like content of like all sorts of genre, like um, from food, you know, mukbang stuff to like uh, music I, I usually like to listen to all the like mixed uh you know those those uh what is it like what's the word mix. for it like a mix of like like beat uh music that they, they mix uh, they mix music together I forgot mm. the term for it. Like a mashup? Yeah. Mashup yes yes that's the term yes I love mashups I always listen to mm. it on YouTube. Yeah and then uh in terms of YouTube streaming wise, um, to be honest, I haven't actually experienced it. I haven't really like watched uh live YouTube streamers uh before in action, so I'm not very sure about that because like I think Twitch is the more popular platform when it comes to gaming. So uh, and I was interested in gaming, and that's how I decided to explore Twitch instead. You think you're ever gonna go on to YouTube or like any other platforms? Is that something you have in mind? I haven't thought about YouTube, honestly. Yeah. Um, but in terms of other platforms, I know like uh, we briefly mentioned TikTok. That's mm -hmm. actually somewhere where I would try to create um, small like video clips. Um, I have like a few now, like uh, just for fun, just to explore the app. But I think uh, that is, that is an, a channel where you can actually uh, create lots of like small tidbit videos yeah, that are anecdotal. Yeah, and, and I think they are pretty impactful also. So, uh, I would try to explore TikTok more. You're mentioning about exploring TikTok more. So, are you actually, do are you looking at focusing more on Twitch side of things first or TikTok or maybe even both at the same time right now? So, for me, um, Twitch would be something that I will give more commitment to because I understand that you also need time for your followers to grow there. 
So yeah, I would actually am trying to look at at least streaming once a week for starters right now. And uh, for TikTok wise, I wait for inspiration to hit. <laughs> yeah. So um, for example, when I decided to cosplay as Kim Possible previously, that was when like I decided to like just compile uh like the the images together and then form like a video uh on TikTok, and that's how like, I tried to explore like yeah different transitions and even the music. Yeah, and then um. Recently, I actually got an eyeliner uh, sponsor, so mm-hmm. I used TikTok as like uh, the platform for me to create my you know like a uh, winged eyeliner look as well, cause like there's a lot of transitions and you can do everything within like one minute, so it's quick and uh, easy to consume. I would say. Do you have any sponsored posts right now that like the brand asks you to make a video, or is it mostly just posts right now? Uh, for me, it's mostly posts because I requested for it as well. There are like occasionally, like for example, the eyeliner one that I mentioned, where um, the the owner requested for like a video of me using it, but she didn't state um, how, like how how I would like to create a video. It's up to me. So I decided to play with TikTok. <laughs> yeah, try something different. Oh, that's very interesting. And just now you mentioned about like consuming media. Not com- not watching uh YouTube live. So actually, what are your consumption patterns like nowadays? Um, actually, I prefer like uh short like short videos that are like um how do I say uh easy to consume, understand, and also relatable. So uh like I like psychology facts. You know, like five fa- five fun facts about this and stuff like that. And then uh they and give you very simple content. yeah bite sized content. Yeah. That's that's the term. Yeah, so those are things them, I like to look out for. Do you watch them mostly on TikTok or YouTube? Both actually. Um, TikTok will be better in the sense that you know you can you can consume a lot at one shot because every video is like what max one minute ish. Um, however, I would say that they don't actually stay in your head as long as when yeah. you watch a YouTube video. Mm. I love the long form content that YouTube has. I feel like I used to look at YouTube as more of a Oh, just entertainment because I also like I'm really interested in the lifestyle and beauty industry I feel like most of the YouTubers I watch are like that but like recently I'm starting to see my explore I mean my recommended page um, of the other things like you know like like I'm, I learn French so like you know, you'll see French videos that I like t- see or like maybe like tips on something or how to do something better and also like being a psychology student you know seeing with those psychology tips or just like movie reviews how to analyze movies so like all the things I am interested in but more of a like an academic standpoint to things like that and I feel like that's one interesting thing that YouTube offers whereas I feel like TikTok it's it's too fast yes I totally agree with you that's that's why like I think that's where YouTube still has its uh essence there because mm-hmm. like uh, when you mentioned beauty videos, you remind me of how I actually started using YouTube. It was because of like makeup videos. Like, like tutorials. If, yeah, yeah, especially I remember like Michelle Fun. She was like my uh, makeup beauty star when I was young, younger. Yeah. So I always go on to YouTube to search for like makeup tutorials if I ever want to try something like a different look. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they are way more detailed than like TikTok. You know, TikTok like flashes like past in the blink of an mm-hmm. eye and you're like, wait, what exactly did she do there? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. There's no pause button in TikTok, right? Is there? There is. There is. Oh. No, yeah. But no matter what, it's not the same. And actually, uh, I I took a workshop quite some time back ago about like the difference between like how how much information you can get from a TikTok video versus a YouTube video. The example mm-hmm. that they provide was like baking. So 
there's this like popular baker uh, who posted his TikTok video saying like add this, add that, and then you know you know how the transition is like pop pop pop, everything just changes, and then tada, put in the oven and you're done. And I don't think someone who's starting out like as a as a like fresh bake uh someone yeah. who's fresh into baking right will understand what exactly they should be throwing in and how long should they be waiting for for the microwave to like bake their food right much. yeah and that's when youtube comes into play i guess so i mean for learning things like for learning a lot of skills definitely youtube is still the go-to and tiktok is still more for entertainment i mean but yeah, like, that's chopping videos and no one actually learns a recipe from those quick parts, but it's so fun to watch them. Yeah. No, the only fun part I like to watch is, you know, like, they make, uh, like, pets become the chef. Oh my god, That's those so are so cute. fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, nobody will actually watch how the person cook, cook right? I mean, you can't, you, you also know that the pet can't cook, but people just watch it for the entertainment. Yeah, I, I follow this baby who cooks. So he, he just kind of stands in front of like the blender and he's like, one banana, and then he just throws it <laughs> in. And it's so cute. Right. So actually, I have recently attended a TikTok conference. Uh, they had this like uh, marketing media conference or something like that. And one of the key things that they mentioned about TikTok, which I am getting from how you guys are reacting to TikTok videos, is joy. It is really the place for you to go to for like that, that extra spark of happiness or joy. Yeah. On that note, right, can I ask, okay, because, right, um, we talked about Instagram and how it's difficult to build a following on Instagram, right? But then, um, relating to YouTube and TikTok, it is relatively easier, I would say, compared to Instagram, right? But then, um, at the same time, it can be difficult because they only push out content to people that are interested in it. So it can be like, if your content is like very niche, um, then it might not be pushed out or anything like Javier said that his Chinese content will not get pushed out because the market is very small yeah so um, how do you think like influencers who because at the same time because if you enter like the mainstream market it's going to be very saturated so how do you think that influence can actually like get past this like the not being pushed out but at the same time wanting to do fresh content that kind of thing okay so in my own opinion, and also it's also because I've actually asked a few people about this question before. Um, the keyword is about networking and connection. That's how you put yourself out there. Because there are always two ways for you to go in terms of content creation. One is to really follow your own passion and do whatever that you like, regardless of whether you're having you're attracting a wide like group of uh, followers or not. And the other is to follow the trend. Which will, you know, yeah, get you get you onto the bandwagon very easily. But then that's also where you mentioned the market is super saturated. So it's about connections. It's about you know, um, networking, getting getting to know people who will help to like share or uh talk about you, and then like view your stuff more so that it pushes your content up into like you know the top top few lists where people can see them easily from like I don't know the popular picture or something like that. Yeah, I think to add on right. Uh, there are two ways of growth definitely one is organic and one is through connections what i mean through connections is having your friends push your videos having other content creators uh, showcasing you and highlighting you versus uh, organic which is relying on the algorithm itself uh, for the first for the organic growth it definitely works if your content is more niche and uh, you are not in a saturated market because ultimately, if you are in a saturated market like lifestyle, why would I want to watch 
your content over someone else who has like 2 million subscribers. We know that for sure that the 2 million subscribers, for example, taking a business class flight to some country, we know that the quality produced by the 2 million sub guy is guaranteed, while yours is a uncertainty. And we only have that amount of time in like, for example, in each day to watch content. So why do I want to take the risk to watch a new creator where I can just watch someone that the quality is there, that we know for sure lah. So that's why in a saturated market, unless there's really someone to push you, I generally find it very, very hard to grow. And that's why we don't see new and upcoming lifestyle creators in Singapore also. Because I, uh, we do agree that like, for example, our previous two guests, which is uh, Eleven Eleven and Cheryl, both of them are lifestyle creators. And despite doing content for one year, they are still not having that breakthrough because it's so much harder nowadays. Yeah, yeah there was like one thing I wanted to ask you, Alice. Like, I, I've heard that they have, um, like, you know, workshops and I've, I've heard of some even reality TV shows on like creating the next influencer. So do you think that's something that can be so formatted and standardized like that? Or is it more of like, oh, what goes viral overnight? What what picture just trends? Like, how, do you think it can now be a literal job? Like, yeah, I'm going to work and I'm going to do this thing and then I'm going to be an influencer. I think uh, for workshops, right, it's definitely a value add to whatever that you're doing already. But uh, obviously, you can't uh, eventually become a famous or popular content creator just just like by attending a couple of workshops. Because um, workshops are there to tell you like uh, what's popular because there's always I'm very sure there's always a science behind this, which is why we have all these algorithms and all of that. Mm -hmm. So uh, workshops have probably done their research, their studies, and they can share those findings with you. And then after that, it will be up to you to decide how you want to, you know, um, create and like move your content in a specific direction based on the tips you've gotten. I was actually thinking, actually for workshops, there are two kinds. One is more on trends and marketing, marketing in general, while the other one is on hard skills. I personally find hard skill workshops to be tremendously useful because uh, like for example, learning how to edit, learning how to do production and post-production, this is so much more valuable than marketing because uh, ultimately so. marketing is still subjective and sometimes it's a hit or miss. Well, hard skills are, once you learn, you can't go wrong with it. Yeah, I mean, we, we have seen marketing campaigns that went wrong. I mean. Marketing is still a hit or miss lah. To grow on Instagram, do you think one needs to have like a high beauty in the in a sense like very beautiful, very handsome? Ah uh, yes. Um, I would I would not say that it's a hundred percent yes, but having good looks actually really like tends tend to help more. Like honestly, I guess first impression counts at the end of the day. So um, even if you ask around, like and and if you see who. Uh, your friends following and stuff like that sometimes you will notice that yeah people with like better looks tend to get more followers and, but at the end of the day it's also about what kind of uh stuff you're posting if like you are super good looking but then like your content doesn't really like add value to whoever who's watching it then like uh, obviously i won't follow you <laughs> yeah i mean talking about that expect like people who rely on their looks to grow their instagram or social media account right most of them tend not to reveal their relationship status in fear of losing followers. Uh, are you the same as them? What kind of question is that, Chief? I don't know. 
Um, I would say that I don't have that problem right now. <laughs> so I don't, I don't have to worry and think about it. But yes, I have heard of... Uh, I think I hear about this more on Twitch, actually. Like, there are a lot of female live streamers who uh, actually hide their real relationship uh, status so that um, people actually want to follow them. And when someone actually finds out that they are attached or married, and then the followers get very upset. Yeah. Mm. So, wow, I didn't know it was that big of a team. It, it is, actually. Yeah. I've, I've heard of one, uh, one case recently. So, like, it's quite interesting. Um, Eye-opener for myself, too. I, mean, I don't really have free. much to comment eh. Like, I guess it depends on the individual because like, let's say if you started out honest, then you don't have to worry about hiding your relationship, right? Yeah, but it also depends on who your target audience is. I've heard a lot of people now saying that they want to keep their relationship private, like, like not secret, but a private relationship because you don't want to share it with people online. Which I, I, I agree with. I feel like even if you aren't an influencer, even if you're just like a normal person, then on the other side, you see like uh, some people using their relationship as content as platform. the job, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we have seen channels that rely on like like couples Couple channels. Oh together. god, yeah. yeah. But I guess it also works in the part in the sense that let's say one one of the like uh uh partner is actually you know more popular. Then it helps that the other one like, actually leverages on it, so that both of them grow popular together. I've seen that happen, like with influencers when they bring their boyfriends into the public eye, and then they have maybe like a couple's YouTube channel together. But then what happens when they break up, and then if the boyfriend right. wants to keep the channel, <laughs> he he left his job because of this channel, but now they're not together anymore. Like there's so many, there's I don't know. I just feel like you should never mix your job, and you should never make your personal life so attached to your job. Speaking of this, we should find a creator that like have a couple channel and get them to share about what I they should. More ideas. <laughs> I think especially like, like the small ones are not a problem, but when it becomes like that's your entire livelihood. I mean, Tim goes with family channels, but that that's like a whole different discussion. <laughs> but so. like on the topic of, you know, couple channels, family channels and all, do you think that you're going to keep your Instagram going? Um, as you go grow older, because I mean, now you said you graduated and you started your first job. Like maybe you haven't thought so much in the future, but in terms of the kind of content you're going to create, do you see this as a fleeting thing and just a part-time thing, or do you really have a passion to keep it going? I think what I would hopefully want to look forward to is like um, merging my Instagram content together with Twitch. Like if I actually make it like you know bigger in my live streaming stuff, so that um. I feel that it's good because like it allows me to leverage on the followers I already have on Instagram. And honestly, I think my Instagram followers are more genuine because they have been built up over over time. So um, these people who I will be asking to come down and support me on Twitch will be uh, a stronger crowd, per se. Yeah, I think that's what I I look forward to to be able to like um merge the two platforms together in that sense. But in a way, being well, merging the two platforms will also require a ton of effort and. Yeah. Yeah, it's so not think, I'm thinking like, you know, gaming content, like uh maybe like uh how do I say cosplay as well. You know, like Ooh. um to like more relevant uh characters. So uh, cosplay as Ari to play League of Legends with us. No no not Ari, oh my god. Ari is Ari is a ton of effort. Her tales mm. itself are like <laughs> a problem. Berlin, uh, idea for Belinda. Next time cosplay as Ari. No, it's it's really a lot of effort, man. And no, it's really a lot of effort. I see her tails already. I'm like, I don't know how I'm gonna make them like stay 
it's too troublesome. If I were to like cosplay as anyone, I would cosplay as Timo or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah, also on that topic, right? I wanted to ask, like, because on Instagram, right, it's relatively more difficult to notice how, like, what trends are in. So how do you, like, gauge what content you should put out? And then how is that different from what you do on Twitch in terms of, like, coming up with the content and, like, make, making sure that there'll be, like, a market for it? Uh, I think for Instagram, it really depends on, like, uh when you're talking about trend, right, like, where, where do you want to follow? So, like, for example, my case is beauty, right? So, try mm. to follow some of those, like, popular, uh, more popular influencers and then um, see how they do their posts, um, what kind of photos they are taking and even things like how they how they display their products, how they post with it, things like that. Um, pick it up and then uh, that's how you should edit uh, your content accordingly. Of course, throw in your own creativity to create your own sense of, like, personality and branding. And then uh, that's for Instagram. For Twitch itself, it's different in the sense that you need to be more authentic, in my opinion. Mm. Because after all, you are you are going live, you are talking to people in real time. So um, that's where you should just be yourself and, well, share, I guess, as openly as... Um, the the community allows you know yeah <laughs> it's true so on this note right I, I just want to ask one last question before we end off this uh segment so does social media help you in your job uh because my job is more i would say corporate uh related right um instagram doesn't matter but for me uh what matters is actually linkedin so LinkedIn is also another social media platform that is uh, very crucial when it comes to, well, job hunting because it's not just you who's checking out the company, the company is checking you out as well. So uh, that's where you probably want to have like a good series of records and stuff, uh, post, I don't know, fun things from your previous workplaces to show that you have contributed and that's how... Uh, you will be able to stand out a bit more from others who like compared to someone who has like a plain or blank uh, profile. But on that note, Instagram, TikTok, uh, all these kind of creative platforms, right, are good if you're entering, let's say, the media industry, for example, because that's where they want to see um, proof of your creativity. So if you are doing videos, if you are doing uh, photo editing, any of that stuff, you can just put it there and that's a perfect like portfolio for you to showcase to these employers okay yeah you're so right i think we'll definitely have a lot more to say about how content creation helps all of us in our resumes and all that fun stuff so stay tuned we'll see you guys after the break see you Welcome back to Create and in this talk set we'll be talking about how content creation helps with Job hunt. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know, I mean yeah. LinkedIn is a content creation platform, right? At least. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Well yeah, you're asking if LinkedIn is a content creation platform. Well it is a very um professional platform for content creation. That's now there's something called LinkedIn Influencers. Eh? I was like, huh? <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> What's that yeah. about? 
I don't know that they are recruiting what LinkedIn influencers and I'm like, huh? So LinkedIn funny. also got influencers. Yeah, uh. I think LinkedIn yeah. is trying because they want to be a social media site as well. I mean, they are a social networking site, but they want to be more. Yeah. Why am I gonna post my YouTube video there? <laughs> Actually, I think you can. If you're like doing media, why not put it in? No, LinkedIn imagine you have like, you have 50 videos, all your YouTube videos are there, and then your employer is going to be like I see your page and like okay okay this is him actually I think LinkedIn has a specific strategy when it comes to sharing your content including videos so like um, for example let's say if JV wants to post one of his videos there right you need to have like you know uh, a paragraph or like at least a short snippet explaining um, what is what it is about and how it brings value to you or why is it important to you and that's how you capture the audience in LinkedIn Personal opinion, I find the comments to be very fake. Really? No, in, in a in like I say think, it's a professional platform. If you think about it, you're <laughs> like from this course I value blah 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 yeah, and yeah, I'm like, That's true. I think the way people what? talk about certain places and and opportunities is a bit over exaggerated is an understatement. No, but I do think like all all of us having our background in content creation, I think it has definitely aided us in finding certain internships or maybe when we graduate it'll help in a certain way like alice you're a fresh graduate so do you have like any other friends who who have done maybe similar things to this or who maybe content create on the side and even if it hasn't directly helped you in getting a job do you think there's certain skills you've picked up um that have maybe helped for myself um i do have small things because like i mean I wasn't really studying media, but then uh, I was like, I took up some like one day courses or uh, workshops in like learning how to use Photoshop as well as learning how to use uh, Adobe Premiere Pro. So like a bit of video editing. And that actually did help me in even in like my HR jobs because like prior prior to this current job, like uh, back during my internships, I was also asked to help do some video editings for like uh, some of our interviews with our uh, like uh, top employees. Yeah. Mm. And and then um, even now, like just a few weeks back, actually, my team actually asked me to help um, curate like a, a series of videos that we wanted to use to promote our team like um oh, wow. yeah so they wanted to follow the tiktok trend where you know you pass on pass on an item i think it wasn't a tiktok trend i don't know where that trend came from honestly but you know like it was a zoom thing during the covid lockdown period and then like you pass the makeup brush from like one screen to another screen and then you grab and then after you you do your makeup have a makeover, then you pass it on to the next person. I'm yeah, not sure whether you guys are familiar yeah. with that trend. Yeah, I think like right yeah. when COVID was uh, was starting up around, I guess it was like April, May time. I think my my high school, we did one of those videos as well, like passing it down. Mm. Yeah, so of course, because I work for a beverage company, right? So we were passing our different beverages around the screens and I was like asked to That's compile so that cool. together. Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. it was like with my school, uh, like limited skills but still nevertheless uh, things that I've learned I was able to like um, add a bit more element to it you know like small de- to like even the small details such as like you know catching the product when and then creating that, that catching sound I even added those little details in things oh, that I wouldn't nice. probably have noticed yeah that's really cool mm-hmm. yeah I definitely well, think even it's definitely something that helps us you know in, in a little mm-hmm. way 
Top of that, like, uh, for I think for content creation, it's also a very good tool because it teaches you how to what is artistically pleasing to the eyes. So in terms of crafting your linking profile, using photos for your maybe like your profile picture. Yes. Or even I I mean we as a HR recruit, uh, as a HR, you have seen like people's LinkedIn profile before, or like people's resume. Is there any do's and don'ts? Um, I guess it really depends on your jobs at the uh, the jobs that you're applying for at the end of the day. But some of the key things that uh we all know, but still good to highlight, is to try to keep your portfolio or your resume within within one page because nobody wants to read like long chunks of stuff. You want to see the the details of what you have done, your achievements, straight to the point. I'm sure you guys have heard of the star format. Yeah, so that is uh, yeah, a key yeah. thing that really helps uh in terms of like your resume and then when it comes to um, let's say designing uh, it depends on your roles as well most of the times honestly I realize that companies don't care as much when it comes to like a more technical role but if you're talking about say for example a creative role um, if you're going to marketing for example then uh, it would definitely help if like your resume itself is designed in a manner to suit that that job so like Make it maybe make it a bit more fancy. Use interesting, uh, like templates, things like that. They do help to show your creative side of you, and how you introduce yourself. So for content creators, would you recommend us to put our content work and like maybe our YouTube channels onto the resume? So assuming maybe we have hundred to two hundred k followers on YouTube, which I think to most is considered significant and can be considered part of our like uh projects that we do in our free time so should we put it on our uh, resume i think uh you absolutely should if the role that you are applying for has something to do with the creative line the industry yeah and even if it doesn't it's still a good achievement that you can showcase uh just definitely not in a larger amount compared to your other like roles that are relevant for whatever you're applying for. So um, in your resume section, there's always one part where you can include an others, you know, and like your own interests or hobbies. So that's where you can actually put in uh, what you have been doing just to share some things on the side. I got curious with this question mostly because uh, we have seen people putting in like their CCAs into it. So I was like thinking, why can't you put your YouTube channel onto it? You can, you most absolutely can. Yes, yeah, we can put our TikTok there too. I mean, if you have like 30k followers, like eating does. Yeah, right? like this was reminding me of like when we did college applications. I remember I have a few friends who did, they had their own YouTube channels. One of them actually used to post um, like singing covers and they had amassed like a, a couple thousand followers. So that was something that they spoke about in their college applications because even though it was singing and something that was very different from what they were applying to, I think it, it helps when you see the what that taught them or what that experience, like what did they gain from it? What skills did they pick up? Like they said that, Oh, like, you know, consistency, time management, my creative side. Um, and they were applying for something in the creative sphere. So I think that can help. And same thing goes for jobs. You can, um, maybe you think, oh, no, but my Instagram doesn't, it doesn't show blank aspect of my job. But I still think there's there's some benefit there. Yes. 
I, I, I really agree with you. And if anything, because uh, even interviewers sometimes want to look at the authentic side of you. Mm. So I think when you're sharing this kind of like personal interests and passions that you're doing on the side, that's where you show your kind of like your true side also. Mm. And it gives them something more to like, um, I would guess, relate to or consider. For, for all you know, you might actually share similar interests with the interviewer. And well, similarities um, in this case attract, so it helps. <laughs> I have one concern regarding that though. Would companies view it as a negative because you have a big YouTube channel that you are committing weekly to? Uh, actually, I think if you, if you, uh, if we go back to a point where Suhana mentioned, right, st- doing such stuff actually helps with your time management as well. So if you actually phrase it that way, then I don't think it's a concern or actually it would be a strength because if you are able to manage your own time in terms of your personal projects, then when it comes to work, you'll probably be able to handle deadlines as well. Because I think when you go for a job, they understand that, you know, you want this job. There's a reason you put yourself up for it. So you wouldn't tell them, but okay, no, but I can only give you half my time because the other half has to be spent on YouTube. So I think they do understand that. But no, one flip side I've seen is like, you know, you see it in the news that, um, employers find their employees twitter accounts or their instagram pages and they see like you know not the best images and not the nicest tweets and i think like that's a big thing that that like now a lot of social media um like a lot of jobs are asking for your social media handles which i don't know i think it has like there's two sides of the story there like i don't know if they they want to see everything like then you kind of have to censor the content you produce as well but yeah i think it is important as employers to know who the authentic employee is I think this was one point that I also thought of because if uh, you heard of one channel called Tech Lee, he was fired from his job. He, okay, so he was given an ultimatum by his boss. Either be fired by his job or quit YouTube. Because if I'm not wrong, he was at that point 600-700k subscribers. So of course his decision was to quit his job. No, he, got, he chose to got, get fired. Then he continued building his YouTube channel. So I mean, that was one of the questions that I had because of this incident. Yeah, I think that would make me scared. Like if I had like a big following or something and if I was going for a job, definitely something I would have to keep in mind. On the flip side, you also think like as a big content creator, if you have 1 million followers, it's impossible, job? <laughs> it's impossible your boss does not know that you are doing it as a side, right? So... I don't know. Is do you need to declare it? I mean, I'm sure your boss has seen your video if you're that big. I mean, what what is there to declare unless like you are not unless your job has like a specific you know contractual status that says you're not supposed to do this kind of side hustle on the side, right? I think that that's appears in most uh contracts though. Yeah. Which is another issue because uh back when I was doing my internship uh and my other internship and book experience, I did have restrictions on social media content. So every single work I've done so far restricted me from posting anything as a content creator or even working as a content creator. Oh, I, I feel like that's, was... that's quite surprising because I think in, in this yeah. day and age, everyone knows that you know everyone has their own content creation and their own personal engagements. And honestly, I think that's a great area there because what... Uh, what exactly defines content creation because anything can be content creation even if you're writing something even if you're posting out a photo of you and your dog kind of thing so that that's a very great area honestly 
That was what I thought also because back then, uh, I remember during my onboarding uh, session with the HR, I was asking, so can I post YouTube content while I'm interning? Then they say, it's a great area, but most likely, no. Aww, so we were like, oh. And, and the funny part was we had, I had another established channel who is actually interning and asking with me. So then, yeah, she also got rejected, but she just ignored and then she just continued posting. But end up her boss was like, <laughs> very involved in the incident. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I mean, as a whole content creation, I don't know how to com- corporates view it. But there are definitely some corporates who uh, view it in a positive light, and there are definitely some companies that view it in a negative light. Mm. So ultimately, it's still a gamble on whether you want to put it there. Because not every company is willing with, for their creator, eh, for their employees to become creators. Mm. or fear of like bringing backlash to the company or negative PR. I think there's also like an aspect of if the if the job is in the media industry, like I know certain um certain brands who enjoy taking on influencers, like you know BuzzFeed type um type industry like uh, companies because for them it's it's such a value add because you bring in that influencer or that employee's following as well. And, you know, you bring in their skills of being able to create videos or create posts. Like, I, I have a friend who, I know this is very small, but she's, like, a local influencer, I would say. And she just did, like, a part-time job at Pizza Hut. But they really enjoyed it. And they were just like, oh, you make TikToks, you make Instagram posts. Like, why don't you make a TikTok, like, promoting this new Pizza Hut deal? Which I thought was actually really cool because... A lot of us pick up like retail jobs or we'll pick up like waitressing jobs. And if you can bring it in even here and get like, you know, maybe get paid additionally or can just bring in something newer to the table. I think it's really nice that brands are looking for things like that. I think you know, I, I can actually relate to what Suhana has mentioned because I used to work part-time at Ben & Jerry's and they actually encouraged me to post um, like oh my, my experiences and any promotions they have. Maybe they have like free cone day, for example, and then I'll just post it on Instagram and then Ben & Jerry's actually like my posts. So I'm like, yay, <laughs> I feel like an influencer That's already so cool. at that point of time. Yeah. yeah, and it came to a point where they actually uh, uh, wanted to um like endorse me as a as an ambassador as an ice cream ambassador and wow. and like they created this whole like brand book for me i still i still have it because it's really so very sweet. cute and very fun and i even graduated with a degree in ice cream <laughs> like they gave me a certificate <laughs> of ice so cream cute. yeah that sounds so cool yeah it was a part-time job but it was so much fun because of all these like add-ons yeah ah, that's nice yeah i think it's it's, it's definitely the the like the direction that a bunch of these companies are going and moving forward. Um, just I like I, I did an ad campaign a few months ago and now I see that that company, it's, it's like a ride hailing company. I see that they're now looking for interns and their way of applic- like applying to be an intern, which I thought was bizarre, was you make a TikTok promoting the new promo code and then post that and then they'll see you and then they'll send you a DM and invite you to be a summer intern, which I thought was just absolutely crazy. Like I don't, I don't do TikTok, so for me, I didn't even consider it. But for someone who's actually, because the job is a marketing job, so it makes sense. Like you know, it's showing them exactly what you can do. You don't need experience. You don't need anything. It's just showing you right then and there. But I just thought that was so cool. Like content creation has actually gone to such leaps that this is the form of applying anymore. It's not resumes anymore. It's make us a TikTok. If you are in the loop, right, the latest uh, new vi- new movie by uh, Jack Neal mm. is also recruiting via videos. 
Yeah, I th- yeah. I to I be an actress, cool. like gone are the days where you need to go for like casting. Casting, yeah, casting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nowadays, you just post your video online. I think that's why it's really important. Um, I think I think Alice, you mentioned this before, but it's like the mm-hmm. brand that you're showing yourself to be, like your your entire image and who you are, because it's not just about oh, like I'll just post some fun things, some fun pictures with my friends, because especially if you're working in the media industry or if you're working as a talent they want to see who you are and they want to see who you show them you are and to be honest i think it values at if you are influencer because you are bringing attention to the company that you're working at mm-hmm. so in an as in a way it's also a positive brand endorsement for them mm-hmm. and if you are an influencer you also do not want negative pr on yourself so at it will be weird if you think the influencer is gonna be like uh, uh giving back PR to you. Yeah, that's true. I think it's important the image. Yeah, and I think um you know someone being like uh um like students, uh a lot of companies that are trying to hire you know uh, management associate programs like like the Garina CMAT one that you are going that you are trying to apply for Javier. It's like and. And internships even, a lot of companies are trying to come up with more fun and creative methods to attract uh, students these days. So that's where they will actually leverage on social media for that aspect as well. Even for my internship interview uh, back for uh, back in a social media platform, I had to create a one-minute video of myself as a inter- before I even get to the interview stage to show that you actually have production skills. I mean, in a way, it's now... Like really, yeah. It's like it's showing you in real time my practical abilities. It's kind of like, you know, when you apply for things and you give your portfolio, it's, I think, something similar to that. Or when you do college applications and you support it with a portfolio, it's now just like the portfolio is the entire application in a sense. Because I think when it also comes to content creation industries and media industries, some people may not be, may not have studied it in university or they may not have too much job experience in it, but they may still be really good because there's a lot of learning that happens without a school or without certain workshops. Like even though those workshops help, sometimes it's just the actual pictures and the actual videos. Even on the topic of knowledge-based content, I'm of the opinion that if you have a, for example, as an economics major, if I have a YouTube channel talking about economics and uh, maybe macro trends, it will definitely help in my job application because here are my research that I've done before, here are my works, I'm showing that you what I have studied before. So, yeah, I mean, it's relevant it's to like my job in that sense. It's application of your knowledge. Yeah, how I apply my knowledge into a money-making business. And I think that's con- very cool. I think that's really, really good. And it's a good way to show that you're still a creative person, that you still have interests beyond this subject. Yes, and you are skilled and knowledgeable in that in, field yeah, of study. As well. So I believe that uh, in every single area, to be honest, content creation is still very, very important. Like, regardless of if you are coding, then maybe you can take part in coding competition. And then like, make videos out of it. These are definitely in- interesting experiences. And it shows yeah. a lot to like, your prospective employers. I mean, maybe you can even get a job through there, you know, like they reach out to you instead of applying because they already seen how much you know. So before we end off this entire podcast episode, we would like Alice to share more about her social media accounts. Wait, what? (laughs) Sharing my social media accounts. Um, Okay, so... Promote yourself. 
All right, sure. So, um, for my Instagram, you can follow me at, at Alice Narcisa. That's A L I C E N A R C I S S A. And if you would like to follow me on Twitch, it's still a young and budding account, but it will go somewhere someday. <laughs> it's a Lita Kincat. So it's L E T H A K I N C A I D. Thank you. And thank you so much for being on, on the show today. We had a really nice time talking to you about content creation and especially your experience in it. It's very, very interesting. Thank you. Me too. I really enjoyed talking with all of you here. So once again, we are Radio Pulse, the sound of NUS, and this is Crit signing off. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.